Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Totem Talks. I'm Mark Smith. I'm Helen Fruin. And today we are celebrating two things. One, it is our one year podcast anniversary. Congratulations everybody for sticking with us for an entire year. And two, it is your 10 year work anniversary at Totem, which surprised me because... I've never stuck anything that long. (laughs) No, and I think I'm up to nine years. Which yeah, is a world record for me as well. I think I was initially one of those sort of millennial types who would just bounce around from job to job every three years. But no, I'm still here. So this week we're going to focus on... Cele- celebrating. Celebrating that. <laughs> and to, to share with, with our listeners some of the tips and things that we've learned from being in business for 10 years. You know, kind of being a self-employed kind of thing, moving into a sort of limited company. Uh what have we learnt? What would we not do again? Mm. Did we make any mistakes? Obviously, oh, we yes, did. we oh, did. Crikey, many, we many, did. many. <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, so this one's really for the for the entrepreneurs out there who are thinking about doing their own thing, uh, for people who have just started their own business, perhaps, and uh, would like to see how not to do it in certain, certain, <laughs> certain circumstances. Learn and from so, our yeah. failures. Uh, uh, the first question I have, actually is what gives us the credibility or authority to have this conversation. It occurred to me when I was preparing for this podcast is, do we consider ourselves a successful business? Oh, nice. And I'm not entirely sure how to answer that question. It depends how you measure success. So Mm. if I think back to maybe five, six years ago, one of your goals for Totem was for it to be much bigger. Uh, and I believe I shared that goal as well. We talked about having an office. Well, we did have an office mm. back then. Uh, we talked about having maybe more like 20 staff, whereas we were more like five at the time. Uh, and if you say, okay, so based on that goal, we failed. Yeah. But our goals changed. Yeah. And so how do you measure success changes. Mm. So for me, the question of are you a successful business has to come down to how you measure success yourself. If you look at a generic definition of success in terms of growth and profitability, you, we're probably good on the profitability, not so good on the growth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would be that would be one. I think life priorities changed. I think, I mean, it's not an excuse as such, but it's, it's certainly, there were two poorly timed global well, certainly nationally favoured events in terms of Brexit and the pandemic, which really kind of scuppered any plans, but in themselves were valuable learning lessons. And I think we've responded well from them. And seeing some of the struggles of our competitors and our peers, I'm kind of having to say in sort of the comparison space, certainly, I'm comparing us to them, we have been successful well, those issues. One of the things for us for many years has been about being nimble mm. and it is easier to be nimble. So if, if you look at our competitors in the market, the people who've been able to respond well to the pandemic are those who are smaller with fewer overheads. Mm. Those big chunky companies who have had to try and pivot an oil tanker. Yeah. You know, it's much easier to pivot the little dinghy that we have. <laughs> <laughs> our little dinghy. I love our little dinghy. Um uh, which reminds me, I mean, you know, one thing to talk about in terms of success as well, and I think this is uh, far more important in the last five years than it was when we first joined, is the quality of life that you enjoy uh, by being in a smaller company. I think 
you know, it's a really important part of the of, a, of an individual's equation. Now, what is the work life balance? You know, do I have friends at work? Um, and I think, you know, I, I do love the little dinghy totem because it <laughs> enables me to live a more fulfilling life. You know, the, certainly the work is really enjoyable for me because I get to, I don't get to pick and choose, but I certainly get pointed in the right direction in terms of my strengths and all of those things. Um, yesterday was a great example. So I got to spend the day on a motorbike, um, but that's based on the previous week being an absolute nightmare and working probably 90 hours and <laughs> some of the weekend as well in order to get things done. So, you know, that, that work-life balance is there, but it's it's far more flexible from the, the nine-to-five kind of regime that it used to be. And that for me comes back to the question of how do you measure success? So if you go purely on have you had growth and have you increased profitability, Mm -hmm. those are the generic business measures of success. Whereas if you say, are you happy with the success of the business in terms of what it has afforded for you? And you think of this more as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's where I know both of us will say Totem is very successful because it enables the lifestyle that we want and enables us to do the work that we love. Mm. Uh, So it really comes down to how you define success. Yeah. And as I say, that, that has changed dramatically over the last five years, uh, which is really interesting. So I think one of the other things as well we've we've come to terms with is having a business plan is all well and good until someone chops its knees out from under it. And then it's all, well, we need to replan. And I think we got a bit bored with planning and replanning. And it, was, it wasn't in the sense of, uh, well, let's just not have a plan at all. I think, you know, there were... We changed the we changed the focus. I think the big the big change for me came with a conversation with some accountant friends, uh, who t- you know we were talking about. Well, how much money should you have in your bank account? How should you in- invest that? How much risks should you take on? And it was it was like there was no magic formula mm-hmm. out in the world that said this is how a successful business is run. And you know both of them were quite quite clear on it. It was. It's down to your individual risk profile as a business manager. What do you accept as a tolerable risk? And I think for many years we ran with an empty bank account and we were paying people we couldn't afford to pay. We were investing work and time and effort when there was no terribly clear path uh, to that being returned to us. And... I would I would lose sleep over that. So clearly that was outside of my risk profile. And I think just before 2015, we started to, uh, you know, have more working capital in the business. And we started to take a bit more responsibility for how we would pay people, how would we take risk on. Uh, and if we agreed that we wanted to take some risk on, what levers could we pull in order to mitigate that? Should it go completely Boom. Pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All kinds of naughty words were about to come out of my mouth. Um, and that, that was a change. And I think that has, you know, by all means, go onto our company's house website and have a little look at our charts. They, they go up every year. Um, and I think that that has really sustained it. Just, you know, that actually managing the risk a bit more um, maturely mm. has been really, really useful. So that's definitely something I would recommend to our listeners who are thinking about getting into business. And as you say, it's about identifying your risk profile. It's individual, yeah. So, you know, some people might be very happy running with zero working capital in the bank account. 
Um, it's probably not advisable, <laughs> but, but setting that level of where where are you? And and now as we look at the growth that we've had during the pandemic mm. and how what, how are we investing that? What what investment vehicles and what risk profile do we attach to those? Is all a really good conversation to be having? Mm. And I think so often the the piece that companies are missing or, or boards of companies are missing is the ability to have that conversation about risk comfort level. Mm. And you've just got people saying we should do this, we should do this. Well, I disagree. Yeah. Without understanding that what they're talking about is their risk comfort. Absolutely. Uh, second question: mm-hmm. What is your biggest regret? Hmm. And need more time on that one all right well let me jump in i have one obviously okay. already prepared um, <laughs> i had the question so i knew my answer i knew my answer uh my biggest regret i think is learning the hard way about how expensive working in partnership can be uh so over the years we have we have talked with many other different suppliers you know sort of compatible in the same kind of space offering you know complementary products all of those kind of things and i'm not going to name any names um and you know the idea that we could go into partnership with them and you know we could be a retailer for them or they could promote our services and all of these different things um every single one of those has fallen flat on its face and i have two reasons for that is number one i'm invested in my business not theirs and vice versa. So there's no partnership. It's, it's it's a very tenuous word, that one. And two, I'm of the view that if somebody else is offering a complementary product that would add so that, that much value to your business, and by that much value, I mean worth in you investing director-level time, middle manager-level time, and sales time to their promoting somebody else's product, um, understanding it, training it, uh, training in it, training others how to use it. You know, if you're going to do- go to those lengths, just buy the product. I was just thinking that, or just just acquire the company. Just oh yeah, that's what I mean. Just <laughs> yeah. acquire the company. If, if if it's that good an idea, yeah, go to the bank, mortgage every house you have, mortgage your mum's house, your dad's house. I don't care who it is. If it's that good an idea, buy the company. Don't go into partnership with them. That's that's just a cop out, and I think I've learned that from from moving to London, seeing the way some of the sort of hedge fund people mm. sort of operate. Having looked at like Google and Facebook, they don't muck about. They didn't go into partnership with Instagram, did they? They bought them. And it's the message of there's no such thing as a merger. It's always an acquisition. Exactly. Yeah, and we've seen I, that a few times. Absolutely. <laughs> I am wanting to have this product. I am wanting to have this team. I'm going to buy it mm. as opposed to. Yeah, let's yeah. let's say it's an equals. Absolutely. I mean, I'm all up for cross promoting. I mean, we, you know, we've got a couple of people on our website who we we love their stuff. You know, we really like the way that they they work. So we're going to promote the heck out of them. We really are. But we're not going to go into partnership with them. We're not going to start coming up with you know magical products with, that are co branded or anything like that because ooh, it, it's it's too complicated. It's too messy. The returns aren't good enough, um, and it, it it costs a lot of time. I learned that, we learned that the hard way. And I think um, if you see any products coming out of Totem after sort of this podcast, it will be because, you know, we genuinely think it's an incredible idea and we have we have sold kidneys and livers to make it happen. And I'm confident that won't happen because 
one of the things I love about this business is our independence. Mm, that is and very true. And the second true, yeah. you sell your own product, yeah. you lose that. Yeah, that's very we true. We currently have three projects on our books where clients are asking us to go and review the market, mm. to advise them on what are the best products out there, how do those products meet our needs. And if I'm selling my own product, I can't do can't that. Can't do that, yeah. Because I've got a massive agenda to say my product is the Ooh, best. Look, one. Out, oh, look! Out of like all magic. of the options, my product is the shiniest one. Wow! Didn't I see don't want to be there. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I'm, I'm the same too. So now that I have filled time for you, I got nothing. You got nothing. Wow! I mean, in fairness, the thing that I was starting to think was about product was about. Um, Maybe the regret for me is not being clearer about my own views on this years earlier. Mm. So I knew joining Totem that what I enjoyed was the sense of an independent business. Mm. And so every time we had one of those partnership conversations, and of course the companies who wanted to be in partnership with us were there in full marketing and sales mode going, oh, it'd be great, it'd be amazing, it'd be great. And I'm there going, yeah, maybe it will be, maybe it will be. But there's this voice in my mind saying, that's not what I want to do. That's mm. not an independent business that can advise clients on what might be best for them. You lose that when you when mm -hmm. you have your own product. And so perhaps the regret for me is not allowing that voice to be stronger, clearer and louder. It looks like a great product. If, it, if it's that good a product, I'll recommend it to my clients and include yeah. it in the review that I do with my clients. But for me to work in partnership with you loses my independence. I'm not willing to do that. Lovely to meet you. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. I would like to have been stronger in that mindset a few years back. Mm. Very good. Um, any questions for me so far? Oh, you'd like me to come back the other way. Well, well just out of curiosity. I absolutely. Mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you said that part of the celebration today as well is one year in podcasting. And mm. the podcast was something we kind of came to at a similar time, mm -hmm. but it was very much your driving force behind it. And I guess, how are you feeling looking back on a year of podcasting and, and indeed for the future of podcasting? Mm, I was not expecting that question. <laughs> ooh, ooh la la. Uh, well, I think I've shared this view before. I think podcasting has been very helpful for us as, you know, the, the, the two chiefs within the business just to have these kinds of conversations uh, and to really just catch up. And the preparation for the podcast, regardless of what the topic is, that's always been quite valuable, I think. I think it's enabled us to offer a much better service to our clients in the last year. Obviously, there's a marketing um, element to what we're doing. Uh Again, that has been really helpful in terms of elevating our game uh, in terms of marketing, particularly when you combine it. I mean, it, it is a little cynical, but then all marketing is, um, you know, that's what it is. Uh, if you've got two or three clients all saying, oh, have you got anything you could share with us on psychometrics? Huh? Uh, yes, obviously, but we could also do some other stuff where we can talk about this on 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 uh, on our podcast. So that's a, it's just another thread. It's just another way of dropping something into somebody's inbox so that's been very valuable i think it's also taught us the value of digital the sort of the digital platforms sure um you know we've had a lot more video work i mean obviously naturally with the pandemic but mm. we've had a lot more video work to do in the last year and i think a lot of that has come about because of us having to experiment and learn and adapt as a business 
um, how to just basically get our, our faces onto people's TV screens as opposed to our faces into a training room. And so the podcast has been very valuable mm. from that perspective. I can't believe we've managed to go free a full year and still have topics to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's bonkers to me. I mean, we could always natter for Britain, but this is ridiculous. Well, um, and the thing for me, so what I'm reflecting on hearing you talk is the other thing that I guess is a, a celebration for us one year on is we're now coming towards um, the time in March where the country went into lockdown a year mm, ago. Yeah, yeah. And I was reflecting with friends the other day that March the 11th, 2020 was the day that I came home from London. Uh, so for any listeners who don't know, I, I live in Leicestershire, but most, most of my week I'm in London delivering workshops and meeting with clients. And I came home from London on March the 11th with an empty diary. Mm, never seen that before. That was quite Never spooky. seen that before. Yeah. And it was, right, we, we sat down with that working capital mm. on our spreadsheet and worked out how long we could survive before Totem would go under. And to sit here a year later with the most working capital we've ever had, mm -hmm. planning investment vehicles for that, thinking about how we now make the most of our strength as an organization is absolutely incredible. Mm. And I don't like to use the word pride a lot. I, I think there's a lot of negative connotations, yeah. but I am incredibly proud to have weathered that storm. Mm -hmm. And when you say, how have we still got things to talk about? One of the strengths we have, I have no question, is that we keep in touch with our clients. We find out what they're talking about, what they're interested in. And that is what has helped us pivot so quickly as we have pivoted to whatever they've needed. They need more videos. They need us online. They need psychometrics reviews. They need to think about how they hire in a more efficient way and a more diverse way. Mm -hmm. We have been adapting constantly. And as we adapt constantly, we bring that conversation to this podcast. That is true. That is very true. And so the, for me, the podcast is almost a reflection of everything else we've been doing this year. Mm. So, so another tip there, listeners, is uh, listen to what your clients want and give it to them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Business 101. <laughs> Business 101. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't say it any simpler than that, really. I think that has been our strength over the last 12 months is... Um, if, if someone needs something, we can uh, do it. I saw a really interesting quote from Warren Buffett um, saying, if an opportunity comes up, take it, even if you don't know how to do it, because you'll just figure out how to do it. And I think that's happened once or twice. And I think we've gotten so confident now. When someone says, can you do this? We're like, yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> um there's a huge thing for me in there about integrity. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if someone comes up, can you invest this in an oil stock? I'm like, right. no. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. I meant um, lying, basically. Oh, okay. can, can, can you do this? Well, we've never done it before and I've got no idea how, but I'm going to say yes. Right, yeah. For me, it's about being very open with the client. So even when we have been asked to create videos on certain content to say, well, yes, we know how to create the videos. We haven't done it on that certain content, but we know who we can call, mm -hmm. who then we can get that and we can find that out. Uh, I also really appreciate, we've got a couple of clients who like to ask us the question, what should I not come to you for? What is not your sweet spot? And actually thinking about where is it that we don't have that real sweet spot expertise is really helpful to be honest with clients about yeah, wh where to use us best. Um, so yes, I agree. Obviously as a consultant, I'm gonna say, yes, how can I do that? How can I help? And to do that with integrity and say, 
yes, I can help. It's not quite where my mm-hmm. expertise is. And that's why I love networking. You know, the whole diversity and inclusion space has been amazing for Yes, I can do that. That bit there that you want, I'm not the expert in. Here's Jitin Patel. Here's Chikare Ibokwe, who are experts in that space. Let's bring these people in and introduce them to the organizations. That feels like such a privilege to introduce great people to our clients. Yeah, perfect. As we draw to a bit of a close on our celebratory anniversary type event, Mm -hmm. uh, you have mentioned feeling very celebratory in preparation for this. And I wonder perhaps if you just want to close on what it is you want to celebrate. I think that I feel celebratory because for this moment in time, and it does fluctuate, goes up and down all the time, but for this moment in time, I'm content with the business, the business's performance, my vision for the business, where I think the business is going to go in the future, my personal life, um, and that's not to say everything within those is is good. I, I didn't use the word happy. I didn't use the word joyful. I used the word content. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I look at a few things and think, oh yeah, I could do with polishing that. But I'm still really quite content with everything. And I'm expecting that to change over the next six months, particularly as the economic environment changes with COVID and all of these things. But it's such a rare thing for me to feel that sense of contentment that I, I honestly just want to plonk myself down on the floor and just sit in it for just a moment and actually enjoy feeling content. And, I, you know, that's I've never experienced that sensation outside of Totem. I've had it only once or twice within Totem. I've never experienced it in another company. And, you know, when I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn and all of these different places doing my thing, um, I never see that word. I never see that word. I am content with my circumstances. Mm. Um, and I feel that's a real shame. Mm. Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's not just happiness. It's a joyfulness. There's um, a peace. Yeah, yeah, it's a good word. Good word, that. And coming up to the year anniversary of this and then recognizing I've been in total almost a decade. Um, Five years ago, my ambitions and my ego would have said, oh, no, you need to get out. You need to jump ship. You need to go. You need to progress. And and now maybe it's because I'm getting older. I don't know. It's just um, I feel content about things. And I'm whilst I'm sitting here in the roller coaster um, of life, I'm I'm looking forward to the next up or down. It's a, it's a rare gift. Yeah. Excellent. And I'm going to close by talking about something I'm very excited about. Mm. Go from this peaceful content to bouncing excitement. Well, you know, I am Winnie the Pooh <laughs> at the best. And you <laughs> and are my Tigger. tigger. Over here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so something I'm very excited about uh, and also very proud of, use that word pride again, is Grace Marshall. When we Ooh, talk about yes. people who love and we do people indeed. we like to promote, Grace Marshall's new book, Struggle, mm-hmm. is out now for pre-order. I get to interview her for our next podcast. Oh, excited. I'm very excited about. And actually, it's not really an interview. It's more of both of us talking about the book and different versions of Struggle. Okay. Uh, to give you the full name of the book, it is Struggle, The Surprising Truth, Beauty and Opportunity Hidden in Life's Beepier Moments. She used a beepy word. She used a beepy word. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It has been an absolute honor to be part of Grace's journey in Mm. writing this book. And so I'm really excited to see it launch, see it come to life and uh, join us for the next podcast where you can hear much more about it.
I'm presumably I'll be putting links to that in the bottom of the... Uh, yes, you will, yes, for will. pre-order now. Pre-order now, people. Okay, cool. Well, so obviously you now know what the next podcast is going to be. It'll be a, an interview with Grace Marshall. Um, after that, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Whatever our clients are talking about, Absolutely. probably. Absolutely. Uh, stay well, stay safe, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Thank you.